as our ushers are receiving that. Let me just give you a little insight. If you were here on Sunday, we started a, a brand new series. We've been talking about the F words forever, but we talked about a series on freedom. And it's freedom from bondage, um, just everything in our lives that has kept us from receiving the things of God. And I get over on the scriptures that said in, in Isaiah 61 that Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. And so when I read those scriptures, I believe with all my heart, God still does those things. And so we've got to get to the point where we hook back up to the Word of God. And so I highly encourage you, get the CD from last Sunday, but be sure and be here this Sunday. I really think it's one of the most significant things we've, we've discussed as a church in a long time. And I covet your prayers. And the reason I say that right now, how many of you have ever messed with a hornet's nest? Man, I'm going to tell you, you mess with a hornet's nest, man, they get mad, they come after you. Well, I can tell right now that we've messed with the devil's hornet's nest. Because there's been things in my life just this week that he's come after me with. And I sat there and I thought, what is going on here, Lord? And I realized real quick that when we start seeing people get set free, broken hearts getting healed, and think, it ticks the devil off. And so I can tell we're tapping into some things. And so let's just keep praying, believe in God, and watch what God will do. Now, that's not tonight. We've been talking about grace for, I don't know, Two months. Are we close to being done? Absolutely not. I'm telling you, you guys don't realize how much this is helping me. So we're going to talk about grace again tonight. Open with me in the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians 3. Now remember, the word grace itself means unmerited or undeserved favor. Grace also is an empowering. And so remember in, in Ephesians 2, we're not going to Ephesians 2, we're going to Galatians. But Ephesians 2.8, if you remember what one of our theme scriptures was, that you've been saved by grace through faith. I've been saved by grace through faith. So one of the sure signs, guys, that in my own life, when I'm not living in grace, I start becoming frustrated. And I start doing things out of my own abilities. And so, I don't know about you, but I've been frustrated before in my life trying to live by faith. And I go around and I confess the right things. And I believe the right things. And I pray. But I think a lot of times we look more at a method or a formula. And when I'm trying to operate by a method or formula, you know who's trying to do that? Me. And every time I try to do things in my ability, nothing happens like I want it to. Nothing gets done. That's where grace kicks in and grace will help us. And so I think a lot of times when you start feeling stress and condemnation, begin to look at your life and think, and i got to have some more grace today, Father God. Remember, some of our passages were 1 Peter 5 where it says, God resists the proud, but He gives grace to who? The humble. How did I humble myself? Well, James chapter 1 says that we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God when we come and we ask Him. You have not because you ask not. And so one of the ways that I begin just to live by grace is I turn it over to Father God and say, All right, Father God, I've tried to do this out of my own abilities and I look where it's got me. How many of you have tried to do stuff day after day after your own abilities? That's me to a T. And before long, I just felt like I flunked, and I flunked, and things got worse. Well, 
That's where grace kicks in. And so let's begin here in Galatians 3, verse number 1. And it says, O foolish, the Amplified says, Poor, silly, or thoughtless Galatians, who has bewitched you, fascinated you, cast a spell on you, that you should not obey the truth? I'm going to tell you right there is a nugget for every one of us, guys. I've got to live by the truth of the Word of God. I'm not exempt from not obeying the Word of God. And remember, one of the things we talked about early on in grace is grace is not an excuse for me to sin. We've had a teaching that's gone around that said, you know what, I can do whatever I want because I live under the law of grace. Well, that's not what grace was there for. Grace was there to help empower us to keep us from sinning. And one way I'm going to learn to obey the truth is I say, oh, Father God, grace me. Help me to obey. Help me to do the things that are pleasing to you. So he goes on to say this. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This I only want to learn from you. Now this is the Apostle Paul talking. He said, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law, which would be by your own efforts or by your own works, or did you hear by the hearing of faith? Did you hear by the message? Did you hear by the word? Did you trust the word and did you believe the word? And so this is the question Paul asked. Now, here's where we got to get back to even salvation. How many of us got born again because of works? That we earned salvation. I got saved, Pastor, because I went to church 21 straight days. I went to church and, man, I prayed. I prayed every day for a month and because of that I got saved. That's not how we get saved. We get saved when we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart. And so it's not by my works or my efforts. And so this is what the Apostle Paul's getting to here. Verse 3. Are you so foolish or senseless, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect or trying to be perfected by the flesh? And the question arises, are you trying to be perfected by depending on your own flesh? I can't be. I can't be. I received Jesus by faith, but now I'm trying to change all these things in my own life by behavior, by my works, by my effort. I'm going to tell you right now. When you try to change yourself, you'll never get free. Never get free. I know people that have tried to get off tobacco for their whole life. They tried and they tried. They wore patches all over them. Everywhere they could. And they, man, they got those cigarettes that blow steam now. It's been cool. Now, I'm not slapping people that smoke. I mean, cigarettes, they don't, they don't send you to hell. They may make you smell like hell, but they don't send you to hell. Put your stones down. Don't get mad at me already. But the bottom line is this, that when you try over and over to get set free from something in your own abilities, you're never going to make it. You're not, it's just not going to happen. I can say that in my own life. A thing called alcohol dominated me for years. And I tried to whip it. I don't know if you've ever been there. You know what I do? I'd look at myself in the mirror and say, that's it. I'm not going to do that no more. That's it. And nighttime would come around. And the wolves would begin to howl. And there's a full moon. And you know what I'd be out doing? Those 12-ounce girls. 
Before long, I realized, you know what? I can't whip it. i got to have you help me, Father God. And so you know what it came to? Just humbling myself. I know a man that smoked, I mean, the big old fat cigars for 32 years. He said that he tried to get over them, tried to quit, tried to quit. And before long, he said, Father God, I can't quit. I need your help. Now, please come in and help me. And he said within a matter of no time, he was done with them. He was done. See, this is what we're talking about here. The grace of God. Verse 4. Have you suffered, have you suffered so many things in vain... And, and what do we suffer in vain for? No purpose? Is there no purpose? And how do we suffer? When we try to do it out of our abilities. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain. Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now let me ask you the question, how does God supply? Does he say, you got to earn my blessings, you got to earn my... No. He does it like it says right here, by the hearing of faith. When I begin to trust God and rely on God and look at God. Now you know what that causes? That causes us to give all the glory and all the credit to God. That takes the human element out of it right there. Now some people will say, well, does my effort, does my perseverance, does my discipline, does that not count? Yeah, it helps. It counts. But I'm going to tell you right now, anything done outside of God, it won't last. It won't last. Now, if you were here last week, remember I had this big old fan up here. And I turned the fan on, but nothing happened. And I said, why isn't it coming on? And some of you are so smart, you said, because, Pastor, you don't have it plugged in. And I said, that's exactly right. And remember, the, the thought behind that was this. That I can come in here day after day. I can bring effort. I can bring perseverance. I can even be disciplined. And every day at 12 o'clock, I can bring that fan in here. And I can pray over that fan and tell it, today you're going to work. You're going to work. And I can speak to it. And I confess the right thing day after day after day. But you know what? That fan ain't ever going to work until I plug it in to the source of power. And in this realm, it's called electricity. Well, in the spirit realm, our source of power is God. And so i got to stay plugged into God. And so this is questions right here that the Apostle Paul is asking. Verse 6. Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him, to, to, to him for righteousness. Now you know what it says here? Just as Abraham believed God. So it shows that Abraham pleased God by how? By faith, just as Abraham believed God. And then look what it goes on to say. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. The heirs of the promised blessing are those who begin to live by faith. What is living by faith? I just start trusting God. I just start believing God. That goes back to where we were last week also. Mark 11 verse 22 says... Have faith in God. Verse 23 says, For whosoever will say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast in the sea, not down to earth, but believe those things that he saith, he'll have whatever he says. So you know what I can do? I can go around and I can speak the word. I can confess the word. I can speak to the mountain all day. But remember, i got to be plugged into verse 22. Have faith in God. 
If I'm not plugged in, my faith looking to God, guys, I can confess until my confessor quits confessing. Nothing's going to happen. Now look over to the book of Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Has it ever occurred to you to, to really change in my life? I need to ask God. I just need to say, Father God, come on the inside of me and help change me. You know, in uh, James 3.8, it says, Only God can tame the tongue. James 3.8 says, Only God can tame the tongue. Man can't, mankind cannot tame the tongue. And so if you got a problem with talking, how many of you ever really thought and said, Okay, Father God, if mankind cannot change my tongue or tame my tongue, then why don't you come in here and help me? Why don't you just come in here and grace me and help me? And you know what that means? God is not going to get your tongue in a tongue lock. And shut your tongue up for it. Do you know what he's going to do? Every time you get ready to open your mouth, God will begin to deal with your heart. He'll begin to empower you, to help you, to grace you. Where you can get a, a grip on your tongue. You know, that's James 1.19. It says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. If you got problems with your tongue, ask God to grace you. Man, that's an awesome thing right there. And so it's just another way that I begin to look to God and say, okay, help me. Philippians 1. Philippians 1. Let's begin in verse number 2 of this. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. For with your fellowship, your believing, your proclaiming in the gospel... From the very first day until now, being confident of this very thing. Now get this right here, get this. That he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So he tells us here, be confident. Why? Because he said, he who has begun a good work in you will develop it and he will perfect it. Now think about this. God's the one who began a good work in you. How did it start? It started by faith. You heard the word of God and you responded. And so think about this. There's a promise here. That the one who started it, he'll finish it. If I'll allow him to. If I don't get in the way. Now look at this real close. Because the work of completing in it was God's job. It's not my job, it's God's job. The Amplified says this, He will develop, perfect, and bring it to full completion. Now this is a promise from God that He's going to do this. Now listen to what that word good means there. He has begun a good work in you. Listen to this. The good is in a physical and moral sense. And it produces benefits. The word is used of persons, things, acts, and conditions. And so the good work that he's doing, he's going to help you deal with people. He's going to help you. 
he said here that he'll produce the benefits. The word, uh, uh, the word is used in, in persons, things, acts, conditions. How many have had problems with people in your life? I'm going to tell you right now, if I'll just begin to ask God to grace me to help me. If you've had problems with acts of your conditions, problems. He promised right here. Do you know Hebrews 12, 2 says that Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And so guess what my job is? Just to start trusting Him. Just to start relying on Him. Now if you'll look real close in your Bible, right there by the word, a good work in you, there's a cross-reference there. And I'm going to read that to you, what it's cross-referenced to. It's cross-referenced into the book of John, chapter 6. And you can write this down. You can go with me there if you want. John, chapter 6, listen to this. Verses 28 and 29. Then they said to Jesus, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? What do we do to carry out what God requires? Now listen to the response that Jesus gives. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work or the service of God that you believe in Him whom He sent. Now what is our job? Our job is to believe. That word believe there means to cleave to Him, to rely on Him, and to trust in Him. And so this is what Father God wants us to do that I can understand. I'm going to be confident. How can I be confident? Because God is going to change me. He's going to work. What He begin in us, He'll complete it. It may not happen overnight, guys, but it will happen. Now keep moving to your right and go to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Oh, man, this is getting ready to get good. You're getting ready to get blessed. The grace of God. You know, guys, I've told you this for days now and weeks, that my greatest prayer right now is, Lord, grace me today. I welcome your grace in my life. I welcome your grace over my eyes. I welcome your grace in my thoughts. I welcome your grace in my behaviors. Help me today, Lord. And you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm humbling myself. Many times in our life as human beings, we've got to think, I can do all this by myself. That's not possible, guys. I can't do those things by myself. God didn't create us to do that. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. Abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from it. You know what that word abstain means? Keep away from it. Shrink from it. Whatever form or kind, get away from it. Verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you. That word sanctify means set you apart, make you holy. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you, how? Completely, completely. Now let me ask you this right here. Whose job was it to sanctify us? Now may the God himself sanctify us. God's the only one can sanctify us. And when did he say? Look what it says. Now, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And so God wants to help sanctify us completely. Keep reading. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved, be fit, blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so right here, He wants to separate you from profane things, from impure things. That's what to sanctify means. Who's going to do that work? God Himself. How? If I'll just begin to believe Him, trust Him, 
One of the greatest things we can do, guys, is thank Him. Thank you, Father God, you're sanctifying me today. You're setting me apart. I welcome a grace in that area. Verse 24. He who calls you is faithful. He's trustworthy. Who also will do it. The message says, if he said it, then he'll do it. Now, i got to begin to look at this. He will. He'll sanctify us. He'll, he'll cleanse us. He'll watch over us. He'll take care of us. If what? If I let him. Now, when I read this passage of Scripture here, guys, it's almost here that Jesus or, or Paul contradicts himself. In verse 22, he tells us, abstain from every form of evil. But then in verse 23, he says, let God do it. Well, how does that work, guys? Well, that's where I'm saved by grace through faith. I begin to let God do it. And you know what my job is? Just to believe Him. Just to thank Him. Get over and say, oh, Father God, I thank You. I thank You for blessing me. I thank You for helping me. Now look at something at the very last verse in this chapter. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 28. Now look how Paul closes this. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Now as I read that right there, Without exception, every letter of Paul contains among, in its closing, words of reference to the grace of God. Every letter that he wrote. You can go to 1st, 2nd Corinthians. You can go to Galatians. You can go to Ephesians. You can go to Philippians, Colossians. 1st, 2nd Thessalonians. 1st and 2nd Timothy. You can go right into Philemon and Titus. And every book that he wrote, he ended with a reference about grace. And as I begin to look at those and underline, you know what I believe was going on here? The Apostle Paul has all these things written. He writes to the church at Corinth, the church at Galatia, the church at Thessalonica, and he has all these instructions for them. All these instructions for me and you. And then he ends with grace. You know what I think he's telling us? You'll never accomplish any of these things that I wrote in any one of these books until you learn to live by grace. Until you let God learn to help you. Until you let God help you work things out. And once I get over and I start allowing grace to help me, oh man, get ready. Get ready. God will begin to work in your life with grace. Now go over just a book or two. To the book, oh, you're going to go through the Thessalonians, right through Timothy, and then go to the book of Titus, and you say, Titus, where that is? Right before Hebrews. The book of Titus. Look, look with me in, in Titus 2, verse 11. Well, let the grace of God help you, guys. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the, the, the things I've even say in my life is, Lord, grace me to be a better husband. Grace me to be a better man of God. You know, because if I try to be a great husband out of my own abilities, you know what, I, I pop off and I say things I shouldn't. Just like you guys. I do things that I shouldn't be doing. So here we go. i got to ask God. That's just humbling myself as a man. So okay, Father God, grace me today. Give me that unmerited favor. Empower me today. Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, the prerequisite here to godly living is what? The grace of God. And do you see that? 
For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now look what it says. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly. That word soberly means responsible manner, being in self-control, righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our grace, our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to stop right there. Because he said, for the grace of God has appeared to all men. And then he gets over into these behaviors, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. I'm going to tell you guys right now, in my life and your life, you're never going to deny these things. You're never going to get away from these lusts unless you allow the grace of God on the inside of you. Oh, Father God, come and grace me. Help me against these worldly lusts. This is what he's telling us right here. Keep reading. Verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he, now get this, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. Who's going to redeem us? Jesus. From every lawless deed, he will redeem us. So you know what we got to do? We got to let Jesus' grace, the Father's grace, come on the inside of us and start working. I don't care what you've done in your past up to this point. I've got to let that grace of God come on the inside of me. I've got to let Him flavor me. And even when you mess up, guys, just begin to say, Father God, I thank you. Your grace has come on the inside of me. Your grace is coming on this. You're helping me overcome this. You're helping me walk through this. Verse 14. Who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from every lawless deed, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. And so he's trying to get us through proper conduct in our lives, guys. And so I see this over and over. I look and I think, you know what? If you've had problems in your life, cuss them. And I begin to ask God, grace my tongue today, Lord. Help me. Help me. If you've had problems in your life with, with certain addictions, I say, Father God, help me. Help me. Grace me in this area. And watch what the Word of God did. Remember, be confident that he who started a good thing in you, he's going to complete it. Man, I can hold fast on that and say, okay, thank you, Father God. Now, in my own life, guys, you're getting to see 30 years of the Word of God is what you're seeing. 30 years of applying the Word of God. None of you probably, man, there's a couple of you in this room knew me, knew me before Christ. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good. But because of the grace of God and staying with the Word of God and saying, okay, Father God, I'm going to let you shape me. You're the potter. I'm the clay. Come on the inside of me and begin to work me. Work on me. I'm going to tell you guys, before I got born again, I had horrible habits. I mean, it was no big deal to cuss. It was no big deal to do those things. But he who began a good work will complete it. Has he finished with you, Pastor? Absolutely not. He's working on me. He's working on me. But the thing is, I know every day, Father God, grace me. Great every day. Grace me today. Grace me today. Grace me today. Help me today. And I look in certain areas of my life, I've gotten better. Have I arrived? No. Do I have my tongue mastered? No. There's still days. Still days. When I go to Walmart, my tongue wants to pop off. I'm telling you guys, when I go certain places, and so he's still, but the bottom line is this, each day, 
I need your grace, Father God. I need your help. I need your help. And so, guys, I walked out because of the grace of God empowered me on the inside. I stayed plugged in. I said, okay, Father God, you're going to have to help me. He, he freed me. Hey, guys, I don't cuss anymore. I mean, that thought doesn't even cross my mind. I mean, when people shoot me the finger, I don't shoot them the finger back. I wave and say, bless you. Help them, Jesus. Help them. You help me get through alcohol, guys. Dominated by it. But because the grace of God, just day after day after day, saying, Father God, you got to help me. you got to help me. How many of you, when you got married, you knew how to be a husband? If you noticed in life, there's a few of you, and you ones who raised your hand. How many of you noticed when you got married, there wasn't no handbook on how to be a husband besides the Bible? Father God, grace me. Help me. Help me to be a better husband. You know why men need to pray that grace me? Because we don't have a clue. Same when you have children. When that little baby boy or girl comes popping out, you say, well, where's the handbook? You know? Help, help me, Lord. Grace me, Father God. Grace me in these areas. Grace me. Help me to walk through this. Have, how many of you have ever, you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you have ever struggled in school? I struggled in school. Not because I wasn't smart, because most of it I was lazy, but I began to say, Father God, grace me. Help me. If you said I got the mind of Christ, then I need every ounce of the mind of Christ I can get. And so it just comes to this, that day after day, and I'm going to tell you guys, you'll never arrive where you say, I got it all figured out now. Because when that happens, you know what you're saying? I no longer need you, Father God. I don't need your grace. And so when we see the scriptures that say, the grace of God is sufficient. It's sufficient for what? Every need of my life. Every need of yours. And so guess what God's wanting? He's just wanting an invitation for you to ask and say, Okay, Father God, I've tried this in my life day after day after day. I've seen where it's got me. Grace our marriage. Grace our home. Grace me at work. And watch what God will do. But think about this, guys. I can be confident tonight knowing He who began a good work in you. How did He begin a good work in you? You received Jesus by faith. That was the starting point. I just keep believing and trusting Him. Say, okay, Father God, work on the inside of me. Work on this inside of me and help me. Okay, stand on your feet. i got about a minute before the nursery workers revolt. This was God's diagram, guys. He wants to grace every one of you. Every one of us in this room. I think I love this last part here and there in Titus where he said, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. That's every one of us in this room. God loves us. And you know, even when we sang tonight, Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves me. I mean, I want some of you to know, Oh, how he loves you and you and you and you and you and you. And some of you say, No, God can't love me. Yeah, he can. That's his grace. That's his mercy. He loves you. He may not love the things you've done, but he loves you. And the Bible says that the love of God covers a multitude of sin. And, and I believe that's just another every grace where you can look in the mirror tonight when you get home and say, God loves me. And some of you say, Pastor, I can't do that. Yeah, you can. The grace of God, you begin to look in the mirror and say, man, God loves me. God, I'm one of God's favorites. I'm special. And you are. We just got to get where we believe that in our hearts. Bow your head with me. Father God, we love you tonight. And we thank you. Just thank you, Father God, that 
we continue just to walk out this thing called life with your grace. And Father God, not that we just go through the motions, but Lord, that you bless us, that you help us, that your grace is truly sufficient. And so Lord, I I pray fresh grace over everyone in this room right now. Difficulties, problems, issues, things ones are going through right now. Things ones are, and some of you, there's areas in your life right now that you've contemplated quitting. You've con- listen, listen. Don't quit. Ask God to come in and grace you in those areas. Ask Him to grace you. And then every morning begin to say, Thank you, Father God, that your grace is sufficient. If that's you, I, I know right now I'm speaking to several of you right now. 